Hi, I'm Lauren Downing, and you're listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio. You're listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio. My name is Christopher Cardenbicus, and I'm here in Philadelphia at Ulysses, a new artist space and artist book space um, that is focusing on a curatorial project that alternates themes every few months. Um, you're listening to the special traveling edition of Paper Cuts, so we're here with my recorder in the space, um, talking with G, Lauren, Narissa, and Ricky, and with the L train, is that right? Is that what it is in the background? Excellent. Well, thanks so much for meeting up with me, you guys. Thanks for wanting to speak with us. Yeah. Uh, so just by ways of introductions, what is a quick like elevator pitch of Ulysses? Where are we? What is this place? Uh, Ulysses is a bookshop and curatorial platform dedicated to artist books and independent art publications. Um, and the space performs the structure of a quarterly periodical. So each quarter quarterly season, we invite a selection of contributors to respond to a, a theme that kind of like sets the, the tone for the entire quarter. And our first one is active voice. And we have the next theme coming up uh, in the beginning of February, which will be intimacy. So we're in preparation for getting that off the ground. And this is, uh, active voice is actually your first uh, theme, right? Mm-hmm. And so when did the space open up? Uh, November 12th, I think we opened, so it's been just a couple months. Yeah. And this is now uh, the end of January, so this is actually the first uh, paper cuts interview in the new year. Um, and I actually wanted to ask you guys a little bit about um, pacing and structure, if we're talking about like new beginnings and things, and you just had your first uh, iteration of the theme. Um, how did you decide how you wanted to start off a project like this? Like, how do you set in motion a series of events with the mindfulness of saying, okay, active voice is the first thing that we're pursuing? Where did they even come from? Um, I think it's just... Uh, who, who came up with the idea of voice? I don't remember. I that was G, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of came through uh, thinking about a couple artists who we were excited about. Um, in particular, like Hannah Black and Stephanie Jamison and some relationships that might exist between their work. Um, and we kind of wanted to make sure that there was something um, that each of us were invested in that since three months or two and a half months is a long time to be returning to a particular theme. Um, but uh, we really started planning the space like over the course of a year. So each week we would get together, sometimes more than once a week, and have conversations um, about what kind of bookshop we'd like to start, what ideas we'd like to privilege and center, um, and just like returning to the, that series of conversations. So by the time we were thinking about launching, we, we had this kind of long list of artists and ideas um, and goals that we wanted to achieve, achieve with the space. Yeah, the idea of the quarterly structure definitely came later in our conversation. Uh, it was just something that we were trying to think of how we could still focus on publications but still have a curatorial component as well and trying to recenter things to highlight publications and emphasize their importance in yeah. curation. 
also the like, desire to show artists and desire to have programming to make the space like usable and active and like yeah bring in a lot of different conversations and and we sort of thought that um that the curatorial component like the exhibitions the public programming would be the reason that people would come and that like it would that wouldn't have to be there else no one would ever come into the bookshop but we found that people are actually interested in books uh, <laughs> <to> pleasantly surprised <laughs> um, yeah and, and yeah and there's been a lot of enthusiasm about the space as a bookshop because um, so. we're currently in Philly's only art bookshop we have a monopoly have yeah one. yeah which is actually how the conversation started uh, really between Nursa and G where they were kind of looking at other cities and wondering why Philadelphia didn't have a similar um, store that people could come to. Um, And then also thinking of a lot of artists based in Philly that do work in creating zines or small press publications and wanting to have them offer them a place where they could then showcase or sell their work. Yeah, I imagine that you've... I hope that you've gotten a lot of support from the local zine and DIY publishing community here. And did you get any? Uh, did you come across any answers as to why Philadelphia has not had a similar location to this prior to November? No. <laughs> I mean, I think there's been uh, examples of sort of pop-up bookshops. So really, there's what Mega Words mm-hmm. and ICA did Excursus projects, mm-hmm. um, and I think there was enthusiasm for that, but. I'm not sure exactly why there isn't a shop yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think um, Christopher Giannunzio, uh, uh, one of our friends, had started the uh, Philadelphia uh, Art Book Fair as well, and that sort of galvanized a lot of activity. So I think there's like with Excursus and like with all of the, like Mega Words and with the Philadelphia Art Book Fair, there's been a building sort of energy and, and enthusiasm for that. Yeah. For artist books. I have to say, I also just really love the structure that you've laid out for the space and trying to set it up like a periodi- uh, quarterly periodical and having the metaphor of book as space mm-hmm. and being able to play with the book space and the physical space and these community spaces. Um, how has your adherence to that been able to open up like new, uh, new programming opportunities or new artists to work with that you might not have thought of um, whenever you were first conceptualizing what this space was I mean it's like earlier it just creates like it's, it becomes active and like every like we talked about like early on about that triangulization between programming and periodical or publishing and um, artworks and so and exhibitions and so like every like we can pivot that thing and it become creates a different relationship each time. So right. um, exhibitions usually being the top of the yeah. the pyramid and what it looks like when they're all in kind of the an even playing field. Yeah. Um, and then I was gonna say in terms of being based in the community, having the quarterly themes has really helped engage the community in terms of being able to announce what we're thinking of. Um, as our upcoming theme and then having people reach out to us in how they would like to respond to it. Um, and that has come through mostly through different programming or um, events that we would host here or um, still kind of exploring that through um, kind of a social practice component. 
Yeah, and and uh, that idea of like the book as space and the book space um, was something that was really in the forefront of our mind. Um, one of the kind of fa- foundational documents for us is a collection uh, is a write uh, sort of a an essay by Ulysses Carrion um, called "The New Art of Making Books" that that talks about one of the first lines is you know a book is a sequence of spaces, um, and and this idea that the book is more than just this place container for text, but it's in fact a space. Um, and then we've talked a lot about the idea of, you know, Gwen Allen's book, Artist Magazines, that looks at the history of, like, looking at magazines, particularly in the 70s and 80s, like Aspen or something, that, um, that look as, at the magazine as this container and as an alternative space. And, and, and the parallel of that history to the history of alternative spaces in, um, of, in, uh, in the 70s and 80s. So, can you talk a little about the programming that has existed so far as part of Active Voice? Well, I guess so far we've had um, a discussion between David Hart and Stephanie Jemison, um, and then a skyped or a skyped in um, reading by Hannah Black. Which I wasn't here for, but I, we, it, was we, it was pretty fun. I heard, um, and then um, we started a reading group. Um, I guess last week was the first one called Dear Reader, which um, uh, focused on um, uh, one of the books from uh, our selection of uh, uh, twelve books. Or t- what is it? Twelve books, and seven books, twelve books and seven records by Mark, uh, selected by Mark Beasley, um, and then the second, the second program will be tomorrow. Yeah. And what's that program? Uh, another That's dear reader, reader. yeah, dear reader. reader. The way it's structured is that we pick an excerpt from one of the publications off the reading list um, and make it available online, um, and then have everyone come in and there's someone that leads the discussion that will change up each time that has a particular interest in that publication uh, or it's either their professional focus or interest mm-hmm. so and the dear reader series just comes out of like thinking about a way to activate some the the selection of titles and records that were, that Mark Peasley um, came up with um, and really thinking about that as like a syllabus for understanding this idea of voice and of active voice um, and we, we decided that I mean we weren't sure whether or not that choosing a reading list would be something we can do for each uh, quarter mm-hmm. but I think it's something we feel like really kind of solidifies the theme and so we decided to ask a new person for the next theme and then we'll just keep it going and we can kind of keep the reading series as a part of that um, and then in that same structure we'll invite two other contributors yeah. um, who can kind of who work we think connects to the theme and then also see what they can come up with to, to react I, to that and as this goes on I think the hope is that I, I was talking to someone about the, the a, a specific programming idea that involved screening night for the next season um, but and, and they were like Oh, so in some ways this can function as like a living magazine or something like that, or like a living periodical as this space that can be populated and repopulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of one of the, the goals that we're hoping to achieve um, 
as we go forward that like we could have this established set of contributors and then within the scope of the season things can organically take shape um and even like it's funny how like the dear reader program just came out of a desire to activate like the works that were selected for us and that was like it's just like exciting part of the whole program yeah, I really want to come to one of these conversations. Yeah. There's one tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this week is so hard. <laughs> it won't be too cold. You could stay here tonight if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe during the next. Uh... We can have a sleepover. We can book sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so fun. Intimacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kicking it off, yeah. <laughs> Actually, can you talk a little bit about the the next theme of intimacy? And I'm curious as to if you started to put together the book and reading list uh, for it, or how that is starting to shape take shape. We've reached out to uh, an individual. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a few people that we're in conversation with, so it's soon to be announced. Yeah. Um, but as far as contributors, I guess someone that. Um, we're certain that we will have is Sharon Hayes um, and she's now a local artist she just moved to Philadelphia teaching at uh, Pen Design and she will be doing a work for us for the space so she'll be our exhibiting artist and, and we've also invited uh, publishing and print Badlands Unlimited to, um, to present a, kind of a reading night of authors from their new lovers series going along with this idea of intimacy that's um, so awesome yeah they're like series of like uh, erotica by artists is essentially the, the tagline um, yeah and they'll also be like a featured publisher for that season sort of like so we'll have a healthy selection of, of their titles from that lens so yeah. um, is there some things that you've learned sorry Told you my voice isn't a crack. <laughs> <laughs> Happens every recording. Um, can you tell me a little bit that, of something that you've learned through Active Voice you're trying to apply to the theme of intimacy? Def- definitely, like, um, there was... I mean, part of the Dear Reader series came out of a recognition that the, the selection of books that um, Mark Beasley came, you know, came up with wasn't being engaged as fully as we hoped that it would be so it was kind of like a way of incentivizing and drawing attention to that Um, but I don't don't know if anyone else has uh, thoughts Um, on that in terms of how it's flowed in terms of our conceptualizing of the quarters we always wanted to work with Sharon Hayes and we were actually considering her first for active voice or not necessarily first, but as an artist that we were considering. Um, and then based on her availability, uh, we were trying to think of other ways that we'd want to engage her. And we're like, actually, intimacy works really well with Sharon's really work, work as well. Uh, so then we kind of restructured things based on um, her availability and what we were kind of looking at. Uh, the New Lover series, too, I think was something that uh, really interested us, and as soon as we um, opened up communication with Badlands, that definitely got the ball rolling there. So it flowed nicely, actually, um, between the two themes. Yeah, I think for the next season, we really want to maybe do 
uh, sort of like double down on hosting on pre- presenting a lot of works by artists based in Philadelphia and as well as other cities who are making like and self-publishing and um, I think that's something that we, we've noticed that there's definitely an enormous demand for I mean in, in terms of like what folks are looking at and, and reading and, and buying so I mean, because when we were launching Active Voice, we were also launching this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we had a launch party. We also were finishing painting and mm-hmm. installing shelves the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to sort of have this, as we go into this quarter, have it be sort of in place and we're able to kind of see how people interact with the space, which is something we weren't really sure about. Yeah. So whether or not video would work or sound I mean now we have a better sense of what the space can do and I think that's helpful for this and it's just helpful down the line yeah and for going back to Sharon too she was really interested in seeing the space and when we were first starting our conversations with her back in the summer we there were no walls yeah we didn't have we didn't have walls um the door was a garage door and yeah so we didn't have much to offer her in that capacity. <laughs> even like one of the things that we met with her the other day, and one of the things she commented on about how people use the space and thinking about what she said was like how much like people she felt like people desired a browsing experience in in the space and yeah. how like like maybe like some works like don't work well in her opinion than others and so that was like really good feedback because like people want like like just like to find these books like um maybe like works on the wall or works filling the space aren't necessarily that well necessary um to like this kind of the experience we're providing um so yeah i feel like I kind of say this all the time that artist books and zines are such a wonderful and intimate experience because it is an individual viewer picking something up and actually interacting with it. And I feel like it does craft um, a very open space in a way that a like straight gallery can't really do. Um, so for me, just walking into the space, it's immediately comfortable engaging not just because you guys are offering me tea and inviting me to talk with you but because of all the the wonderful books and publications that are lining the wall and it at least for me what makes me want to just sink into this space for a little bit and and hang out with it um so i'm i'm curious like how you have seen people interacting with the space coming in from the outside who are not necessarily uh plugged into the like art scene um, and are coming at it either as people who are looking for a bookstore or um, coming th- through it as maybe someone who's just getting into DIY publications and works but not necessarily up on the like I know high art proper gallery world whatever I mean it's it's been interesting for sure <laughs> <laughs> but I mean books they offer such immediate engagement and I think we were talking earlier actually about sort of the types of books you carry and they vary even you know some are just more visually interesting and some you know are more theory and text based Um, and so someone who's walking in off the street who isn't 
familiar with the art book world. I think you know everybody is like, oh, it's okay, it's books, um, and they'll kind of pick up something that first attracts they're first attracted to and kind of flips through and maybe sit down at the table or kind of ask questions about well, what is what's going on here. I think there's something that give, puts you at ease. It's a casualness about a bookshop. Um, versus if you're like walking into a, a gallery. And I think people who are doing DIY books or people who are in the zine world, they're excited and they are like, this is, they are, how do I get my book here? What can we do? Um, how do you get book, your book here? What do you do? Either bring in a copy or send us a copy and we'll take a look at it. <laughs> um, and that's sort of, we're trying to figure out that process to to make it streamlined yeah and I was gonna add off of what you were saying Narissa a lot of people comment on the fact that our books are displayed front-facing so that in itself kind of has this exhibitive quality to it Uh, also the way that they're displayed it's not necessarily in different um, categories or um, sections so uh, people have said that it's cool to not have that hierarchical structure between you know, a, a cat, like yeah, like a zine and a catalog or like a monograph or something like that, and that everything's kind of um, mixed together in presentation. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about the space as well. Yeah, and it's also um, in terms of like the engage the the forms of of engagement from the public. It's also like called us to think about like. Um, successful in, in different ways. Like I was here just stopping by on Saturday, and it was an incredibly great like um, sales day, you know. Um, but um, but then uh, Narissa was here on Sunday, and like it was like sales wise, it was like uh, like not very strong. But like in terms of like people's, <laughs> in terms, and it's all your fault, Narissa. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but in terms of like people's engagement, like um, it, it, they were like like you were saying, they were like sort of here for like a long period of time and like really getting into the books and like using it as a reading room there were younger people yeah who sat down at the table and spent time like looking at something putting it back and looking at other things yeah and, and, then, and even that the, just going back to maybe the last question and connecting it with this one is like the table and it's been commented about and I think a number of the writings or the number of the write-ups that we've gotten is like how important this table is to like creating that sense of like comfort that people like it doesn't necessarily like it's not an art gallery at that point it like offers you a space to rest to like yeah to come back to the table if you want and um drink tea (laughs) it's like someone hangs out long enough yeah or coffee we do yeah but we don't we don't sell coffee Uh, yeah, and I think also to reinforce that we want people to feel comfortable in the space and that it is has this reading room component was the idea of the publication list and having those titles available that you can pick up and kind of read within the space. And we wanted people to feel that they had that opportunity with the offerings that are for sale as well, um, that, you know... We want it to be a resource for people to come in and check out these really great publications. And if you want to take that further and take it home with you, you have that option as well. But it's not necessarily required, and we didn't want people to feel like, um, you know, the pressure of having to buy things or that they didn't have an opportunity to actually get a good 
look at the text. So. Um, as you're going through this as a curatorial project, how are you then extending that view towards the books that you're stalking? Um, how did you create your kind of master Ulysses list for the books you wanted to carry? Just chose all the books we like. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I kind of... That's, that's not the true answer, it, but... I mean, at some, at some points it is that. It's like you look at the titles and some some of them you don't know and some are you're, you're familiar with and... You made a good point too. Is that a lot of the books you were choosing, you said you you had seen before. And it's like you know the tactile, yeah, the paper, the quality of it, the way the book opens, and that's just the nice the nice experience of the book. Um, so some you know are publishers or artists or um, things that we were just interested in or that connected to Active Voice, and others were books that we've held and said oh wow this is really great (laughs) and then accessibility was a huge concern as well where because we're the only um bookshop focusing on independent publications and artist books we wanted to make sure we were getting titles here that you couldn't find elsewhere in the city so even though i feel like there are some essential like art periodicals that we don't carry you can find them elsewhere in the city and we felt that it wasn't really retracting um, from what we have, but wanting to at least bring some of these titles into the city. And on the flip side of that, having a place where people could also have their works in a bookshop. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess the... Um, and and there are, there are also, like... I always think about the idea that in Philadelphia there are there's there's a really strong community of fine arts bookmakers and there's a really strong community of of, uh, of sort of DIY zine makers um, and and you know the Rotunda Zine Fair and like the Soapbox and Little Berlin Zine Library they do a great job of lending visibility to to that um, and I think our hope throughout the course of as like Ulysses grows is to be a space where. Um, we can sort of like um, lend a little bit more visibility to things that don't fall necessarily into those two camps, um, but then also um, you know present um, foster the visibility of folks who are doing great work and 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 you know making zines and, and making artist books as well. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and also creating a space for that kind of hierarchy can collapse a little bit and yeah. the zines can be next to whatever publication or, or book and again can all kind of converse together with whoever's bringing them in or taking a look at them. I feel like if I were setting up a bookstore I would just get wildly way too excited about the books I would want to bring in just to have around me. Um, so it's a casualty of the job (laughs) too many books do you want (laughs) my name is G and you're listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio hi this is Ricky you're listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio hi this is Narissa you're listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio where you been
So I wanted to ask you guys about um, how like origin stories to jump back in time for a minute. And you said that uh, there was a moment where you had kind of like a pop-up shop before Ulysses actually formed and all the ideas solidified. Uh, where was that at and when? It was in uh, September. Uh, there's a parking day, a national event, where parking spaces are turned into small parks. You're kind of reoccupying public space and thinking about it a different way. And the Reading Terminal Market is a sort of central market right in downtown Philly. And they're looking to activate the, spe- the street in front of their space. And we uh, submitted a proposal and won a, a grant to set up a, a reading market at Reading Market. Um, and so we were there all day. And the grant itself sort of gave us the real kind of push that we needed to, to get off the ground. I mean, the capital, we were able to purchase uh, some of our initial stock and work with uh, Jody Harrington, uh, who made our tables and benches and just kind of work together as a group was, or on the actual project was a good kind of starter. Yeah. <laughs> we essentially built a mini Ulysses for the day. Crypto <laughs> yeah. programming oh, and true, yeah. zine launch. Did Beth Heinley release a zine that day? She was, just, she, she was just she signing. was just signing. She was <laughs> signing, yeah. <laughs> zine signing. And Anthony oh, Romero did a, he read from his new pu- publication. Yeah, which we had on sale there too. Um, a jam-packed day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're also saying that uh, the lead-up to that was also like about a year's worth of conversations and like bookshop telephone to get some uh, some ideas generating. Meetings like every week, every week. I love it. Like that's the, the, I feel like if anyone, everyone's like, how did you even get this done? And I was like. You meet every week. <laughs> I mean, we still meet, meet every week. <laughs> it hasn't gone away. No, but I think it's an important piece to yeah. when people ask, you know, to really talk about ideas and then also the, the practical things that we have to go over um, that we're all new to. So, so like, what's the initial germ? Like, who was like, I know, like bookstore. Which one of my friends would like to do a, a book project with me? Nerissa. <laughs> uh, I was living in Mexico City right before I moved to Philadelphia and not knowing very many people there and not speaking Spanish very well. I ended up being attracted to bookshops and uh, being an artist and designer, sort of seeking that out. Uh, and I found a few that were really amazing. And when I moved to Philadelphia, I was like, oh, I need to find the art bookshops here. And was sort of very surprised to not find one. Uh, and so I just started talking to a few people about, oh, wouldn't it be nice if there was a magazine or a bookshop, an art bookshop in Philly? Yeah. And a friend uh, passed that message on to G, who was enthusiastic about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I immediately sent that night like a, like a six-paragraph 
like email to Narissa. I was like, oh yeah, like this is such an exciting idea. Like these, you know, I've been thinking about this and that, and like, and then um, I, and I like we recently looked back at that email. And I, like we were, I, I was like, oh yeah, and I'm a big fan of the work of Ulysses Carrion and like his space other books and so and I don't know and so there was. I feel like that there was this kind of like mind melt moment, and we, yeah. we, yeah. From there, we just started assembling this. this and we had only met like briefly once. <laughs> That's worth noting. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly, we're like, okay, let's meet. All the time. Let's do this. Let's meet every week. Yeah. <laughs> I know nothing about you, but I'm in. I'm in. All in. Um, and then, I mean, everyone sort of st- that people came out of the woodwork, I think, and were like, oh yeah, this is great. Yeah, I came into the project just from working with G at ICA and hearing whisperings that he had this idea of creating another space, and I said I wanted in. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. I think um, it's important to note uh, Tim Belknap's involvement as well, because he definitely made the project seem more tangible um, just in terms of him being so generous with offering his space he was talking about the idea of splitting up his garage area into his own um, studio and then also using the front of the space as a storefront and he is currently involved with the Icebox as co-director the project space in Billy yeah. Important to note. <laughs> so um, he felt that he couldn't necessarily um, use the space at this time, but he wanted to make it available to a project that he felt um, could be important to the art scene in Philadelphia. So yeah. um, everything kind of came together under that idea and um, slowly kind of forming this group. And um, I guess Kayla... Bromberger, who's not here, was the last to join the five of us. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's been, like, the core group. Yeah. But, and, I mean, you were saying Kayla kind of helped us solidify or came up with the, the quarterly structure. Yeah. Uh, she sort of named that and gave us that idea. And it's helpful to explain to people... Um, what we're doing when you can say that oh it's a quarterly structure with these themes and you invite artists you know because it's an art bookshop but then it's all these other things yeah (laughs) and then also off that idea of kind of solidifying um joel evie who's a graphic designer is also really important to ulysses in terms of us branding ourselves and creating an identity and yeah and and there is like Ricky and I were talking about. There's kind of like a interesting prehistory to like the project too, because like uh, Ricky, Nerissa, and I were all really involved with this project at the Asian Arts Initiative here in Philly. Oh, yeah. That was like this kind of project called the Living Library, where like each week we would gather and like uh, and Pearl Street, this like tiny alley behind like Asian Arts Initiative, and like. Um, read books and it was this library card of books that like could be checked out and put back in and we had sort of like uh, um, I, even sort of like when I, I would talk to people about Ulysses and um, people who like knew that we were working on that living library project they'd be like oh yeah I remember your library project and it like took them a second to like realize there was a different thing or like, like just thinking about that right now is like how the reading terminal market was like a expanded version of that in a way it felt like you know, you're on a, you're in a street, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with books. 
we just finally cra- made it. Crazy in people. Yeah. Now we're <laughs> <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that, like, it was, that was, that was like one of the kernels, especially just this desire to come together with books and have a discussion, have like, to like share. And I think even like the Dear Reader program is like about like, there's like people sharing their opinions, their thoughts about how, how they interacted with the text, a particular text, and then like having someone moderate. And part of the Living Library project that I guess um, G... G and Ethan, Ethan Patrick Sherman, another artist in town, kind of organized was like that someone would present a book every week or every other week, um, and they would be the moderator for the conversation. And so, in the same sense, this that that like that that line is being carried through too, which is exciting. So the next theme is intimacy. Um, can you talk a little bit about? some other themes that might be popping up in the future? We're, we're, still, we're still mulling it over. Um, <laughs> but we're constantly having like all of these ideas about potential themes. Uh, yeah, we have a brainstorming list that we're compiling and considering. Um, a lot of it comes from thinking of the artists or different people that we think of as interesting contributors or the potential of being interesting contributors and then connecting the themes around so, those particular people. It's definitely like and those artists are tend to be like deeply connected with our own interests, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think it's part of um like the curatorial platform of this is like you know, when it like seeing our own kind of um ideas come into play as well. Um like Active voice clearly has a resonance with the times. Yeah. Um, and same thing with intimacy. Even like thinking about like how we share space with others and how we like commune and. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the themes that we thought about like come out of like an expanded sense of social urgency. You know, like sort of like um, thinking about. I think lots came up like isolation or like estrangement or like. Histories. These were all sort of like ones that were put out there as as ideas. I think care and hospitality, service, were archiving. Some, archiving. There was also the ones that were almost more book themed that were archiving and copy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, the copy. Yeah. Which is something that. Which is something that like I feel like we want to retain as well because like you were talking about this idea of like the book having this natural form of intimacy and there being a relationship there. I think even with the idea of voice, like on some level, like the book is a mute object, but it's an object that allows one to, through its relationship to language and to 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 think about voice in, in a particular way, or like voice is always at play um, in in, ter- in the way that people people's experience with reading, um, yeah. So so keeping that relationship to the to the book. As people are learning more about Ulysses, how can they actually learn more about Ulysses? Is there a, perhaps, website or various social media handles to find Ulysses at? We have a website, <laughs> ulysses.us, and an Instagram account that's at Ulysses Books. And Facebook. 
And Facebook. And Facebook. <laughs> We're Ulysses on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We also have an email. It's hello at you. Uh oh. <laughs> hello, hello at Ulysses.us. Ulysses. Yeah. Nice. But definitely reach out to us that way. Yes. And. And Ulysses is spelled U-L-I-S-E-S. Very important. Oh, yeah, good call. Spelled like Ulysses. Ulysses. Yeah. Yes. Cut that. That's Let's let's edit that out. Well, actually, going back then, I mean, have we been explicit in explaining that also... Ulysses Carrion is was the inspiration, or that might be a bit of the origin story that happened outside of recording. So, one more time from the top, I guess. Yeah, one of the major sort of uh, touchstones uh, for for the for the project has been um, a figure named Ulysses Carrion, who was a Mexican poet, artist, um, writer, um, conceptualist who. Uh, ran a bookshop in Amsterdam called Other Books and So. Um, that's one of the earliest precedents for like the, the phenomena of the artist's bookshop. Um, and Ulysses also wrote extensively about um, artist books and the rising phenomena of the artist books. This, this was in the 1970s and, and early 80s primarily. Um, and one of those kind of like foundational um, text for us is The New Art of Making Books, where Ulysses talks about like the book as a sequence of spaces. Um, and we were really interested in, in creating and kind of like playing with that idea of creating a space for books um, in, in, the same, in this kind of like uh, inverse of the way that a book is a, is a kind of like, is a, book, a space itself in Ulysses' understanding. So. Well, uh, G, Lauren, Narissa, Ricky, thanks so much for talking with me and inviting me into Ulysses. Um, I've really had a wonderful time learning about the space, and I'm very excited to just fill up my book bag with a pile of really wonderful books. Send it home with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.